You are listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today, we're going to look at evidence to show whether the Bible is true or not. Hello listeners, I'm glad you've tuned into the program Give Me the Bible Today. It's my hope that you will be properly informed about this up-to-date yet ancient book. The Bible is full of wisdom and is worthy of our attention. It is a book like no other book. It has power, and many dead-end lives have been changed by it. In the last program, we considered some facts about the Bible and of how it is often called God's Word or the Word of God. We learned that the Bible is the world's most popular book and that many in the past and present times have valued the thoughts and promises of this book so highly that they were prepared to die rather than surrender the principles which they learned from the Bible. With that being said, the Bible is a most remarkable book. If it is indeed a book where God supplied the information, information which the various authors wrote down, then the book ought to be authentic and true. What is written must be believable and correct, otherwise the book is of little or no value. If it is not true, then all those millions of people who were martyred because of their faith and trust in the book have died in vain. Furthermore, if it is true, then those people who do not believe it have a problem. So today let's see if the Bible is authentic and trustworthy. What is the evidence? And the evidence we're going to look at today is prophecy. A prophecy is a prediction. The authenticity of any prophet is whether or not the prophetic statements come to pass or not. It's quite simple. If the prophecies have consistently been fulfilled, then the prophet can be trusted. If the prophecy was not fulfilled, then the prophet is not worth listening to. There are many prophecies in the Bible and covering a long period of time. Have those predictions come to pass or not? 
Another thing to ask ourselves is what percentage of prophecies made in the Bible have to come true for us to consider it to be a book to trust? Would you say 10%, maybe 50%, or possibly even 75%? No, if the Bible is the Word of God then the benchmark has to be 100%. Prophecies, not including the conditional prophecies, must have come to pass, or else the critics who claim the Bible is just a made-up book are right. Let me illustrate. In 1975, a so-called prophet named John Nash prophesied that on January 16 of the next year, which is 1976, Adelaide was to experience a major earthquake with a subsequent tidal wave, that's a tsunami, resulting in huge loss of life and property. Many people who believed this prophecy found good reasons to be away from Adelaide on that day while those who did not believe the prophecy went about their normal business. Well, January 16 came and went. There was no earthquake and no tsunami, and John Nash left town in a hurry. He was a fake, a false prophet. His prophecy came from his own mind, not from God. If the prophecy came from God, it would have been fulfilled. Let us consider several Bible prophecies. The first comes from the book of Daniel, written before 530 BC. Jesus himself quoted from this book. Daniel, the prophet, gave an outline of dominant world powers from his day right through to modern times, naming them in order as Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome, and then post-Rome as divided powers which have loose associations with other powers or countries. And did the prophecy come to pass as predicted? Oh yes, exactly as described. We will look into this particular prophecy further in a later program. Just imagine you attempting to correctly name in order the countries that would be world-dominant powers for the next 500 years. Perhaps you might say it would be the United States of America, Russia and China. But maybe it could be New Zealand, Tonga, Bhutan and Kiribati. No one knows, and any attempt to name the world power countries in order for the next 500 years would be pure guesswork. But the prophet Daniel received his information from the one who knows the future. God. Maybe you think that it was just a lucky guess. 
If that was the case, the odds of getting it all correct are staggering. Now for another example. The book of Micah, written over 600 years before Christ, chapter 5 and verse 2, names the place where Jesus the Christ was to be born. It is called Bethlehem Ephrathah. Even young children today know that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. But what most people do not realise is that the prophecy, made six centuries earlier, came to pass. Just think of the chances of getting that right. The mathematics of the odds is fairly simple. If you write a list of all the named towns plus all the named countries in the world for that time and pick out a country and then the town, the chances would be one in multi-thousands. But it has to be right. That probability would be like having one yellow table tennis ball among thousands of white ones and you, wearing a blindfold, have to pick one out. What would be the chance of getting the yellow one on your first attempt? To say the least, it would be a very slim chance. Some of you have played Powerball where you have to write down a combination of numbers from 1 to 46. To win, you have to get all the numbers right. And the chance of winning, as far as I know, is something like one chance in 50 million. The prophecies in the Bible have to be right. Otherwise, there is no obligation to believe that the book is from God. Now I want to share with you another remarkable prophecy written in about 586 BC. It is recorded in the book of Ezekiel, the 26th book in the Bible. It is found in Ezekiel chapter 26 and from verses 3 to 5. I'll read it to you from the New International Translation. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. I am against you, O Tyre, and I will bring many nations against you, like the sea casting up its waves. They will destroy the walls of Tyre and pull down her towers. I will scrape away her rubble and make her a bare rock. Out of the sea she will become a place to spread fish nets, for I have spoken, declares the Sovereign Lord. So, here are the main features of this prophecy. The city, Tyre, would be attacked by a series of other nations. The city would not be simply destroyed, but pulled down, that is, dismantled. The rubble and stones would be thrown into the sea. Where the city once stood would be scraped bare.
and eventually fishermen would dry their fishing nets on what was once the city. Now before we go a little further into this, we'll have a musical break and then we'll come back. I have heard of a land on a far away strand. Tis a beautiful home of the soul, built by Jesus on high. There we never shall die. Tis a land where we never. just before the break I read to you from the book of Ezekiel chapter 26 and verse 26 and uh, chapter 26 and verse 3 to 5 about the city of Tyre where the Lord said that Tyre was going to be destroyed but in a special way I'll just go through the features of this particular prophecy, the Tyre, that Tyre would be attacked by a series of other nations. The city would not be simply destroyed, but pulled down, that is, dismantled. The rubble and stones would be thrown into the sea. Where the city once stood would be scraped bare, and eventually fishermen would dry their fishing nets on what was once the city. Now Tyre was located on the coast of the Mediterranean Sea in what is now known as Lebanon. The city was first begun in about 2750 BC. It was situated in a beautiful location. 
and was very prosperous, as it was a centre of trade. The city was divided into two sections, one section being on the mainland and the other on an island just under a kilometre off the coast. It was attacked by a number uh, it was attacked a number of times, including by the Egyptians, the Achaemenids, the Babylonians, and by the Greeks, just as the prophecy described as like the waves of the sea. In three hundred and fifteen BC that was 271 years after the prophecy was made, the Greeks, under the leadership of Alexander the Great, attacked mainland Tyre. The people fled across to the island where there were steep cliffs and where the people felt safe. Alexander ordered that mainland Tyre sometimes referred to as Ushu, be dismantled and be thrown into the sea in order to make a causeway across to the island. So complete was the destruction of Tyre that the ground was scraped clean to get every bit of rock, stone and soil to make the causeway. Alexander's attack was successful and the island and its people were conquered. The old part of Tyre was never rebuilt. The modern city known as Tyre is now located not far from where the old city was. And what about the fishermen drying their nets? Yes, fishermen have for centuries laid out their nets on the rubble which once made up the walls and buildings of the city. Divers have taken underwater photographs of the causeway, and on those pictures you could see pillars and building stones that were once the city of Tyre. So every single aspect of the prophecy came to pass. That is very strong evidence that the Bible is a remarkable book and deserves to be trusted. One more example today, although there are many to choose from. Imagine you are to name a person who will be the dominant world leader in about 200 years' time. An impossible task, you say? Well, not impossible with God. Recorded in the book Isaiah, chapter 44 and verse 28, and in Isaiah 45, verse 1, it says, Who says of Cyrus, he is my shepherd, and he shall perform all my pleasure, saying to Jerusalem, You shall be built, and to the temple, your foundation, should be laid. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have held, to subdue nations before him and loose the armour of kings, 
to open before him the double doors so that gates will not be shut. Cyrus Cyrus was a king of the Medo-Persian Empire. At the time of the prophecy, Cyrus had not been born, and the Medo-Persian did not exist as a major power. Surely for this prophecy to be fulfilled in even just 100 years' time indicates that the Bible is more than an ordinary book. The Medo-Persian Empire conquered the Babylonian Empire in 539 BC and became the dominant world power until 331 BC for a period of 208 years. The prophecy goes even further. It speaks about Cyrus giving the command to rebuild Jerusalem and to rebuild the temple. Hundreds of years earlier, the Babylonians swept into what we now call the Holy Lands and destroyed Jerusalem, taking with them treasures and many people to serve as slaves and servants in Babylon. The prophet Daniel, who rose to fame in the Babylonian Empire, was one of those hostages. It was while Cyrus was king of the Medo-Persian Empire that he gave an order and provided assistance to some of the Jews living in Babylon to return to their homeland and begin to rebuild the city of Jerusalem and especially the temple. There are hundreds of prophecies in the Bible and with unerring accuracy they have come to pass as predicted. Based on the evidence of fulfilled prophecy, the biblical record is unerringly accurate. The prophetic evidence gives me confidence that the Bible is indeed the Word of God, and it's a truly remarkable book. But is there any other evidence which will support the idea that the Bible has been given to humans by God. Critics of the Bible have attempted many times to bring the Bible into disrepute. They have attacked it in such a way that they try to make it seem like a whole lot of fables, stories that are not true, but are told to illustrate a point. Yet, the evidence is compelling. The Bible stands firm, and the deeper one looks into the Bible, the evidence points to its reliability and its relevance in modern society. We won't have time to deal with all that evidence today, but I will share a number of things with you on the next program. Be sure to be listening again. And until next time, I wish you peace, happiness and fulfilment. <laughs> 